welcome back to the Barks Out of the Moon podcast. Okay, so sound sensitivities in dogs is what we were yeah. talking about in the last little while. I know I was saying to you once Fourth of July came up, it it, it, it always reminds me of, of Halloween. Obviously, we don't celebrate yeah. here, but all around other parts of the world, particularly in the states, they're yep. Um, like my sister's dogs. I know one particular really struggles with the with fireworks and oh, things like no. that. So yeah. So, um, yeah, it'd be a good one to, to, to talk about and, and get out w- pl- within plenty of time, obviously, of Halloween approaching well in advance, right, hopefully. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's why we're talking about this, isn't it? Yeah. Halloween starts so early. It doesn't yeah. just start <laughs> yeah. in, um, on Halloween night in October. <laughs> no, and it, it, it tends to sometimes go on past as well. And then it's only a few months until New Year's as well. And then you'll always have yeah. another one going off here and there for sure. So, yeah, um, so I, I tend to t- start talking about it with my clients in August because we want to start um, preparing for September because it's, the fireworks start in September well uh, before Halloween in October. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's a difficult one to to kind of uh, get the the urgency across because it sounds like such a long time away. I mean, when we're in the summer, mm. we don't really want to be thinking of, you know, those dark nights. And, <laughs> Unless and, you're uh, me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, maybe not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the exactly. weirdo who likes the winter. Yeah, You yeah, like yeah. all that. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but a lot of people do because that kind of crisp, it's quite it, like October tends to be quite pleasant here, though, doesn't it? It's quite autumnal rather than wintry, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, in recent years, yeah. anyway, it's been quite mild. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is probably not a good sign. No. At all. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so so we, we, we start talking about it in the summer when it's still summertime, which is very confusing. I think people probably um, think I'm nuts to well, start talking about at the, it. By the end of this episode, hopefully people mm-hmm. will understand why yes, you want to talk yes. about it earlier. So, um, okay. So let's start with so why do sound sensitivities develop then in some dogs so i suppose we don't have a clear definition of you know what sound sensitivities yeah. are what that encompasses but i guess we would be talking about like with any behavioral response we're talking about it along a continuum aren't we so yeah. we might be ta- you know we might definitely accept that dogs have better hearing than we do they hear a broader uh, range of frequencies mm-hmm. and uh, you can correct me with all the terminology about sound <laughs> no. stuff right <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but they you know they have better hearing than us they have more sensitive hearing yeah. than us so so it would make sense that if there is a loud sudden noise that dogs would be able to attend to that and might hear it at a louder uh, level than we would do. Mm -hmm. So there is even some suggestion that given that um, dogs have such, uh, so their their sound, their their hearing even, Mm. is so much more sensitive than us. Their um, auditory pain threshold is also um, much lower than us. So that Mm -hmm. means that that not only might the sound be startling or might they be able to hear it, but that it actually might be painful Mm. um, to them um, at a far you know lower level than it would be for us right so so i suppose that the the thing we need to understand then is is what are we actually talking about so we're when we're talking about sense sensitivities we're talking about a dog about whom we're concerned right they're showing behaviors of concern and that might be relating to the sorts of sounds that um cause the the fearful response in Mm -hmm. that dog so if they're sounds that are present all the time if there's sounds that are difficult to control difficult to mask um well that might be you know a more urgent situation a more concerning situation we then might look at well what are the behaviors that the dog does um and not just the behaviors that they do in response to the sound we also want to look at how do those dogs recover after getting yeah. you know after startling from that sound or getting a fright and if we're seeing signs that there may be some kind of anxious or phobic response happening Mm. too so that the dog is so anxiety happens when an individual can't tell when a scary thing is going to happen Mm. so they're kind of on edge waiting for the scary thing to happen all the time Mm. and um phobic response then is going to be a very very big dramatic uh fear response so fear is adaptive it makes sense to be afraid of a startling sound i mean if we hear a loud firework we might even jump um, or start 
start, you know, when, when we hear it. So, so it, you know, and, and fear is adaptive. Fear allows you to get away from or avoid or escape scary things, right? Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that we, we're, we're tuned into doing that. Um, so I suppose that's the first thing we want to know. We want to know what sort of sounds the dog is, is uh, responding to. Uh, what are they, what are the behaviors that the dog shows? What are those fear behaviors that the dog shows? Um, and how long does it take them to recover? Mm-hmm. Uh, from that and are we seeing some, those sort of signs of kind of anxiety responses so I guess we don't fully understand why some dogs seem to be more sensitive to sound than other dogs mm. there probably is some genetic something in there as there always is isn't yeah, there yeah. and there's definitely been a couple of gene loci so little areas and chromosomes where these genes occur um have been identified that look at uh, that might be associated with sound sensitivity oh, um so there there is a little bit of that now this work only looked at uh, at these um gene loci in um german shepherds okay. but we also have other work that's found that herding dogs seem to be pretty sensitive to sound and and, mm-hmm. and german shepherds might fit in that and i think german yeah. shepherds featured in that work too um and um we've lots of people will report you know that their type of dog tends to be quite sensitive to sound mm. in these ways um and i've certainly worked with a lot of sight hounds that are very sensitive to sound mm-hmm. a lot of uh, poodle mixes so you know your cockapoos and your doodles and mm-hmm. your all of the funny named ones <laughs> <laughs> um and of course a ton an absolute ton of herding type dogs, mm-hmm. collie types, shepherdy types, all of the dogs within those kind of ranges. Mm. So, and, you know, and again, if we think about, you know, herding type dogs, for example, we think about dogs that we've selected to be keenly aware of their surroundings. The yeah, mm. yeah, exactly. And t- that dogs that hit kind of high levels of arousal very fast, yeah. um, you know, in response to to, to stimulation and uh, and that kind of thing. So, so, you know, this kind of makes sense. Um, mm. And of course, you know, people will sometimes say, well, why are dogs, you know, we had fireworks when we were kids and the dogs didn't, you know, weren't, it wasn't as big a deal. And there's probably, there's a couple of things going on there. Lots of dogs suffered with this sort of um, level of, of fear and and, and phobia mm. um, way back when. Um, so that absolutely did happen. Mm. It's probably just that it's not, it, it wasn't publicized as much and we weren't talking about it as yeah, much. Of course. Yeah. Um, and, but also fireworks have become way more prevalent and bigger then, and louder. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and go on for longer. <laughs> I mean, I remember fireworks on the day, you know, yeah. or the night before and the night of um, when, when we were kids. And, yeah. and then that was it. And then even then fireworks tend to be more tended to be more centralized. You know, you, you, there would be displays and things like that. Yeah, Whereas now, I mean, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. Whereas now it's, you know months in advance um yeah. you know or certainly weeks in advance definitely um and going on for such you know a much longer time uh, even though in ireland here they're illegal you know you wouldn't think it but they are like remember that place yeah. is just across the border it was a building that just oh, yeah. literally said it was like a warehouse yeah that's it yeah <laughs> yeah Let's go there. All to come back down south. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Fill your car up. And uh, we had <laughs> we had a lo- we had a local uh, guard, a member of Angarda oh, Shiaquana, and um, his fireworks display was the best <laughs> because uh, of course. Uh, he would commandeer everybody's uh, yeah, <laughs> um, fireworks. Yeah, he had all seized fireworks, and they'd be like, "Come on around here," and we would have this amazing display, which is kind of hilarious, <laughs> you know. But um, yeah, it got yeah. It used to be a lot more, you know. Uh, visual with fireworks and then i think mm-hmm. more and more i think I was, I was saying it to you before we as kids got more into like the bangers you know there was yes. more like da- yes. dangerous and then they would combine both so you would uh, you would have the pre-sound the and then the big bang and then the yeah. the, the flash and for yeah. for animals this is just a nightmare hell yeah <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy that noise, that level of kind of intense sound uh, and things like that. And I don't have great hearing. So (laughs) I can imagine then, you know, a dog who'd be way more serious, uh, way more sensitive to sounds than than I would be in all of the contexts um, would find that far more um, distressing, you know, and confusing and things like that. So, so, you know, we we don't fully understand why it happens. Um, There are a couple of things that we think probably contribute to it. So 
if we take, you know, so it's never just about the genetics that, that come with the dog. It's, mm. it's what do we do? What environmental conditions do we put those genetics into is what's relevant. Mm. And um, certainly I would see in the dogs that I work with, with quite severe sound sensitivities, I will generally find that, yeah, they're often from herding type dogs. Mm. And they were often reared in relatively quiet yeah. uh, rural locations, which, again, might match up with, you know, a lot of the collie types that we would be uh, maybe talking yeah. about. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, they are often kind of reared outside of a family home in a quiet you know, barn or shed mm-hmm. or something like that. So they don't, you know, they're possibly missing out on exposure mm-hmm. to regular everyday sounds yeah. as well, you know, like indoor sounds like TVs and pans hands rattling and those sorts washing of things machines. as well mm. yeah washing machines exactly yeah all of those sorts of things um and um then you know they're they're moved to suburbia you know yeah, where yeah. it's just constant cacophony of, mm. of noises and everything else mm. um all the time they're bombarded with sounds and we do have a little bit of work that's looked at um sound sensitivities from the point of view of not the loud fireworks gunshots and thunder which are the usual you know big sudden startling noises but actually looked at um the kind of exposure the day-to-day exposure that dogs experience of just household sounds mm. so beeps and like you say washing machines and radios and tvs and, and that that talking. is that is, yeah yeah every all of those things and that that is actually contributing to a level of distress for many pet dogs as well okay. even though they, they would be considered sounds that we probably don't even hear anymore and mm. we would tend to believe that the dog's probably relatively well habituated to them just as we are because mm. we're here you know they're just in the background and we they're just part of the furniture now we don't really take it in but actually for for many dogs that may be presenting a level of stress for them um Mm. and then of course if they're experiencing that and then we add fireworks or thunder or gunshots or loud vehicles or construction sounds um then that's going to you know push them over the line really um and and of course you know the world is more is noisier now god yeah yeah. <laughs> I say you know, my like, massive headphones on me now. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. No. Noise cancelling headphones. Yeah, yes. yeah, it's true. I spend more time yeah. in my headphones now every right. day than I ever did in my life. Yeah. Uh, so okay. I'm getting older and grumpier for sure. But um, right. yeah, and those yeah. sounds that you mentioned there, like those day to day beeps and stuff, they mm-hmm. mean nothing to us. Um, yes. But they could also be triggers or predictors for things happening in the yeah. environment for the dog too or whatever absolutely so. yeah absolutely agree i agree mm. yeah 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 relevant things you yeah know? um and and like we only have to think about how much construction there is that go right. on around yeah. goes around particularly you know urban and suburban areas um, and that's contributing to a lot of noise and then if we have um you know new roads and things like that will tend to mean that there's more vehicles and louder vehicles and they're they're accelerating more um you know so so sounds are kind of a real constant thing and they seem to they're, they're probably a bigger stressor than we've considered before for um for our dogs so you know if we add something then like halloween which is a bit of a kind of a biblical level event um, in terms of noise and then that's going to be a really big deal for them you know Mm. and I suppose the thing to clarify then is is, you know what dogs are we kind of concerned about you know as in what manifestations of this are we concerned about so if we have a dog who you know a loud firework goes off and they alert and they might bark at it Mm. And they might even show some displacement behavior. So they might even be giddy or, you know, something like that. So some kind of activity or mm-hmm. or those sorts of things. So they might chew on something or pick up a ball or, or something like that. They're probably going to be okay with just basic sound mas- masking and, mm. and, uh, and support measures put in place. So they're probably not the dog that we're you know jumping to with concern i think there are things that we can do to help them um but you know but they're they're clearly have some behavior that they're still able to cope with and you know these dogs can recover quite quickly and you know they 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 might go on about their lives then and 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 go back to whatever activity they were doing or back back to resting or whatever but if we have a dog that starts to show more kind of panic related Mm. responses and more physiological responses so physiological stress response responding like panting and pacing and trembling they might hide, um, you know, they might go and seek, you know, out a, a kind of a hiding place where, you know, or seek out a place in the house where it's a little bit better insulated from sound. Mm. So lots of dogs will move towards the middle of the house and that's often like the bathrooms and things like that, yeah. uh, you know, or, or small rooms. They might be choosing it because it's kind of a small room and it, it, Safer. You know, it feels mm. 
Yeah. And, you know, if those, I generally find that if we just have a dog that's kind of hiding or startling, but they can still interact, they can still play, they can still eat, they might be okay, Mm. but I'm going to be a little bit on guard with those dogs. But if we have dogs that are showing pacing and trembling, um, you know, or panicking, looking to escape or Mm. anything like that, um, you know, and, and then if they are on edge at other times, so when the fireworks are over, the thunder is over, whatever it is, is over, you know, but they're still, you can still see them kind of listening for sounds and startling to things and stuff like that. Well, if it's any of those dogs, you know, I feel that those dogs are the dogs we're talking about. They're the dogs we're having real concern about. Yeah. And the first thing, you know, that we're, we're looking at those dogs is we're looking at medical contributors. Mm-hmm. So not just early rearing stuff. The, the interesting thing about sound sensitivities is that they tend to become apparent at later onset Mm. right so people will often say to me and they might have said this to you as well you know oh he was fine for his first halloween yeah that's something you hear right yeah but like his second halloween or third halloween or whatever we had this you know so people are often not expecting it they think oh well he was grand Mm. you know last year and it might not be a dramatic increase but it might be just like a little incremental it's getting slightly worse every year or something and Mm -hmm. they're, they're like ah he's still okay yeah you know, but it's not yeah, till they're five absolutely. or six or seven that they're coming to you now saying the dog yeah. can't eat, can't go out to the toilet, all yeah. those kind of things. Yeah, exactly. And we're having that kind of trembling and, and uh, panic responses. I mean, we'll see dogs every year, you know, or even after thunder as well, when we, you know, occasionally get it here. Uh, we see dogs that have gone missing because they went over a wall that nobody thought yeah. they'd go over a wall or they went through a door or a gate or a window. Yeah. I mean, I've worked <laughs> with dogs that have jumped out of first yeah. story windows yeah. and things. Yeah. Um, you know, in this kind of panic mm. to escape and flee mm-hmm. right because they're so distressed and it's so aversive to them um so so you know those dogs are definitely going to be um a, our biggest concern right and because it, it comes on a little bit later it tends to, we tend to see this bigger response a little bit later on mm. that often can indicate that um there's there's medical basis here Mm-hmm. that we we possibly need to investigate. Okay. And we do have evidence to suggest that there are correlating factors uh, for the development of sound sensitivities. Okay. So beyond herding type dogs, which have a big tendency, and beyond this kind of quiet rural rearing, mm. if we have a dog where, again, it's this late onset, so again, you know, the, the pet owner might say, oh, well, you know, in Halloween 2021, we didn't have a problem, but 2022, he was a little bit upset, and now 2023, he's, you know, it's all this panic stuff. Mm. Uh, it's it's got much bigger. Um, th- and where that dog might generalize their response, so they might start to, you know, get worried by other similar sounds, mm. or they might be panicking, or they might be panting and pacing or trembling at other times when there are no sounds around. So mm. in this anticipation of, yeah, yeah. of sounds, you know, of, 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 of fireworks happening, or they might be reluctant to go outside at night, for example, mm. which is something that often happens after or around Halloween. Um, mm. So so those dogs, we think there probably is, that's pro- they're probably good indicators that there's some medical contributors here. Mm. And we do have evidence um, that suggests that medical contributors can include things like pain mm. and particularly muscul- musculoskeletal pain. Mm. Um, and that's a bit of a funny one because it's a bit of a chicken and egg scenario. Yeah. Is it the, you know, is it the tension mm. caused by the sound that leads to them pulling or twinging something and yeah, then there's, yeah. you know, this tension? Or is it that they're already in pain and this makes them more sensitive mm. to louder startling sounds? So we don't know which it is mm. um, because the history can be a little bit murky sometimes. Mm. But certainly if we have a dog who you know, like, as we describe, is doing these things and, and maybe seem fine another year and, and comes from this background, I think one of the first things we're doing is we're, we're, we're sending that dog back to their vet and we're asking that vet to to um, thoroughly examine this dog. Maybe there'll be diagnostic x-rays, but the thing that we have to remember about x-rays is that only tells a tiny bit of the story. Mm. So even if we don't have something showing up in in uh, x-rays, that just means there's nothing showing up in x-rays. It doesn't mean that the dog isn't experiencing injury or Mm. Um, joint change or whatever um, and things like that so pain relief trial might be suggested and these are all things that that should be discussed with with the dog's vet and we mm. also have a little bit of evidence that other things might be uh, at play here so gastrointestinal 
yeah. issues can also mm. relate to you know and um, the, these sorts of sorts of sounds and really interesting if a dog has been on steroids mm. um and that that you know for for treating i don't know mu- immune med- mediated conditions mm. for example or treating pain for example and mm. um, that that might might also contribute to um to, to this kind of thing and of course the thing to remember is, is with some of these dogs in their history they'll have started to show you know again you know maybe 2021 they're okay not great but okay and then 2022 was a much bigger deal mm. and you know that can sometimes coincide to kind of a steroid um uh, you know course mm. of, of steroids and maybe the dog finished up the steroids around that time mm. as well and this could indicate that there's a pain issue there too mm. that that's contributing so you know so there's there's plenty of um kind of odd little medical things like that that really need to be um really thoroughly investigated mm. you know really thoroughly investigated to make sure that we're treating anything that we can treat and of course the complexity when it comes to medical issues that contribute to behavior change is is that even if we rectify the medical stuff so let's say we treat the pain or we treat the injury or we you know wean them off the steroids or you know we treat their gastro stuff mm. or whatever it is that because behavior is maintained by environmental factors mm. that even if we treat the medical stuff the behavior may persist mm. so it becomes a little bit more complicated then you know mm. that that you know even if we get that aside and done and sorted out which can be great if we can do that mm. um we we might not fix this altogether no at least sense? it's a good starting point and it's always the Abs- one isn't it's it yeah 100 vital because mm. these are welfare concerns mm. right so if the dog is experiencing pain or, or discomfort due to gastro inflammation or whatever it happens to be those things regardless of anything else those things absolutely have to be identified and treated like there's no you know there's no compromise on this dogs can't be in pain right um and uh, and 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 so it just means then that we also have to do the behavior stuff then as well yeah Yeah, but it's like it's it's usually it it is something that's like a build-up unless it's something like really traumatic for the dog so Mm. something that's built up over time it's going to take usually a good bit of time to to, to for for you to see the results and and the help anyway you know there's no real quick fixes yeah. for anything no. but like particularly something like this there could be a lot of contributing factors yeah so it's going to be potentially a long road yeah yeah i think you know once we have kind of quite um drastic changes in behavior mm. you know where it's quite a dramatic change i think that's usually at the point at which pet owners will take will sit up and take notes yeah. right and the the prob- the biggest problem that i have with halloween and what i kind of rant about every year is <laughs> is that it's kind of become normalized mm. so people will be like yeah dogs are scared of halloween yeah as if that's okay mm. right so just because something is common doesn't mean it's okay right these dogs are suffering um you know so um like we we actually have to take action there and and the good thing is is that there are things that we can do that's the other thing people will say oh you know he gets upset but you know dogs get upset about fireworks and yeah a couple of years ago we tried this whatever insert whatever remedy and it didn't really make any difference and then there's no further action right so you know we actually have to find the right thing that's going to work for um this individual dog yeah, so there yeah, are yeah. plenty of options that we can do there are plenty of things that we can do there really are we yeah. just mm. yeah yeah we just have to get it right mm. um so we have to kind of persist a little bit with it and the, the thing is is that fireworks go on for such a long time we mm. have a lot of time in which we can during which we can kind of experiment and see see what we need to be doing and that's why they're so yeah they're so difficult because they're constantly mm-hmm. going off yeah there's no recovery time for the dog in between yeah this one's just I gone agree. off there's another one going off here like it's it's literally like they're on a battlefield of pearl things like yeah so you can see why they would they would run and and try and hide and get into it, the smallest space that they could find and just literally say oh god please let it end kind of thing you know uh, yeah absolutely yeah oh god absolutely yeah, yeah no it's it's terribly distressing and you know it, it can really start to bleed into other aspects of their life so i'll work with a lot of dogs who stop eating they stop going outside they stop showing the same level of interest in things they loved like playing and Mm -hmm. and and hanging out their humans they hide a lot of the time um so you know so not only is it having this acute stress effect but it's also impacting their welfare at every level 
Their entire mm. life is disrupted. Um, and this is impacting their welfare because they're not getting, you know, access to positive stress, for example, like play and exercise and sniffing and exploration. Yeah. They don't toilet properly, you know, so they're uncomfortable, you would imagine, a lot of the time. They're not eating properly. They're not sleeping properly. And of course, then it becomes a bit of a vicious cycle, doesn't it? So if we're not sleeping, you know, that contributes to further stress. So, yeah. you know, so and, and and of course, it causes great concern then for pet owners as well and impacts their welfare. Um, mm. as well so and so in those situations they're very serious urgent situations and i would call those situations behavioral emergencies yeah where it's affecting the dog like this somewhere we're seeing this very strong panic phobic response uh, or this kind of longer term generalized anxiety response those are um they're very serious situations those are behavioral emergencies and i don't i just don't mess around with those i'm sending those people to the vet yeah. immediately right. you know yeah yeah absolutely Mm. absolutely just to start that process right yeah. exactly it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a one yeah that like there are some over-the-counter um things as mm-hmm. well that are uh, marketed as being these are these may help um and uh-huh. people <laughs> i can hear your voice right yeah, um, yeah, yeah. people would I guess maybe i don't know what it is but they would rather maybe go and try that first before speaking to the vet so mm-hmm. what, what would you say to somebody maybe uh, you probably that. know what I'm going to say. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. This is for everybody else. I know what you're going to uh, say. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you know the thing is, is that um, we do have um, medical approaches that can be taken because the experience that these dogs go through. Even if they're, you know, just showing a bit of hiding or a bit of starting or a bit of panting or pacing. Um, those dogs are having physiological responses that are happening in their brain Mm. and they do not have behavioral control over this. So they cannot go to themselves. Okay. It's just a noise. It's not actually coming in here to kill me or eat me or whatever. Um, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, There's no ability there. Right. Mm. So the brain is telling them your life is in danger. Mm. That's what the brain is doing. Mm. And the brain is telling you get out of there. So you, you kind of have a few options when the brain is exposed to stress. So you have a few behavioral tools in terms of dealing with it because the brain's um, kind of priority is to deal with the stressor. So you can fiddle and kind of what we call fiddle level stressors. So where, where you try to socially negotiate your way out of a situation, right? Mm-hmm. So you have that option. You can freeze, mm-hmm. right? Which means that that's the hiding and all of those sorts of behaviors. You can flee. So those are the escape and panic attempts. Or you can freeze. Uh, fight or freak out i call it freak out level (laughs) and this is where you know we might have these dogs that are uh, still using their behavior to try and scare the fireworks away so they might be barking at them and and those sorts of things and Mm. dogs that are still using their behavior to deal with the cope with the stressor you know to cope with the fireworks they're a less concerning dog i'm not saying they're not distressed but it's just that they're less concerning so so that would be the freak out level and the fiddle level Mm. i am you know there's other measures that that we can definitely prioritize there. Um, but those dogs that are showing the flea and freeze level type behaviors, those dogs need help. Mm. Those dogs are not able to use their behavior anymore. They've run out of tools. So what we need to do is we need to help them at brain level. So we need to stop the panic response in the brain. Mm. Right. And this means that we're going to need to be talking to our vet about anxiolytic medication. Mm -hmm. So there are tons of OTC, like over the counter camatives or things that are marketed as camatives. And, you know, I could name off a hundred of them. Um, And so far, (laughs) there are so many. There are so many. And again, shows the power of the distress that dogs experience at uh, Halloween. Mm. Right. Is that that's this is how common it is. They've they've developed all these products. I'm going to say that the evidence for efficacy for these ingredients that will include things like theanine, uh, tryptophan supplements, um, the what's the um, the milk based one, um, uh, zilkeen, oh, yeah. um, you know, yeah, adaptil, the the pheromone based mm-hmm. one. The standard of evidence for efficacy for reducing these phobic or panic responses is very poor. Mm-hmm. And what can happen when we give our dogs something is that what can happen is, is we believe that it's having an effect because we so desperately want our dog to be okay. Yeah. And I can absolutely understand that mm-hmm. because of course we want our dog to be okay. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be for 
very rare cases, and I would say incredibly mild cases of 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 of, of startle that these things are going to have, mm. um, you know, any sort of effect. And um, you would probably need to be using them for quite a while. Mm. So it's probably a couple of weeks before, um, you know, before the fireworks start mm-hmm. for these to have any proper effect, which is difficult to do because you don't, you know, these things start quite early. Um, yeah. And most people are, are only talking to their vet the week before Halloween or the day mm-hmm. before Halloween in lots of cases too. Um, so, you know, so I would say that if we're dealing with anything other than those dogs that kind of bark at the fireworks and then move on, uh, you know, with their lives, if we're doing anything other than that, well, then we need to be talking about pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. We need to be talking about psychoactive medication that is going to turn off the panic response in the brain, reduce the anxiety responses in the brain at neurological level. Um, and so that, and, and this is not considered a last resort. This is incredibly important that these aren't considered last resorts. Mm. Uh, dogs literally die every year mm. from the panic associated with Halloween. Yeah. Whether they drop dead in their own house or garden, or whether they escape and are hit by yeah. a car, or you know some other awful uh, tragedy, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know. So, so this and and the thing is, is that this level of distress, even if they don't die, this level of distress is akin to the worst levels of physical pain, and we wouldn't argue, we wouldn't sit about delaying uh, getting pain relief for a dog that was an obvious serious physical pain i mean we wouldn't mm, no. you know and there would nobody nobody would do that would leave an animal screaming in pain mm. um or, or indeed shouldn't do that mm. um and this is what these dogs are doing so if we if we are to you know that this is a behavioral emergency at that level and you know these medications are not um are not last resorts and it's very very important that you talk to your vet as early as you possible can possibly can and there are a couple of different things that can be done we can use longer term kind of antidepressants mm-hmm. uh where you know so drugs you might have heard of Prozac, for example. So we do mm-hmm. have fluoxetine is a, is a drug that we can give to dogs too. Mm-hmm. Um, and this would be given over a longer period of time. So we would need this, you know, in place at least six weeks before this stuff starts. Yeah. Um, so to, so to, help, to help those dogs recover better from stress, right? So they recover better from stress mm-hmm. um, and, and, and that can help prevent anxiety then as well. Uh, or we might talk about situational medications. So medications that are given on a more as-needed basis. So there are several cash Categories of this, and indeed, there is one medication that was specifically developed for fireworks fear, um, a medication called Silio, and oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so this is you know specifically developed for administering at home over the evening when fireworks are going off, uh, so that you can do it every you know couple of hours or whatever you need to do it on an as needed basis, and is a you know pretty well understood medication. It's pr- it's pretty safe, um, and and I've worked with a lot of dogs who are taking it for for these sorts of kind of short term acute kind of stressors, mm-hmm. um, and and we generally have pretty good uh, good results with those. And the important thing to understand is is that at the right dose these medications don't necessarily need to be sedative they don't they won't change your dog Mm. what they do is they turn off the brain's ability to produce chemicals that cause panic related behavior Mm. that's what they do so they don't make the dog you know drowsy or not themselves or not reactive to other things you know to other stimuli or anything like that that's not what they do when we have the right drug and the right dose for the the right individual Mm. um and, and all of those sorts of things you know, and what those what what I tend to recommend then is once we have those medications on board, we start to engage the brain in in really interesting tasks. You know, so sniffing games and all of these sorts of things, so that the brain has other things to do. We're not just turning off the you know, the bad mm. neurochemicals, we're turning on some good ones as well. So this is going to help this dog recover. This is going to help reduce the need for medications um, again, you know, the next night, because obviously this goes on. But we need to have those medications in there as a kind of a foundation basis um, to, to kind of support anything else that we want to do to help that dog. You know, so we need to act on the brain mm. um, in a pretty urgent at a pretty ur- in a pretty urgent manner, you know, because these dogs are suffering. Mm. They're absolutely suffering. This is a welfare crisis. Um, you know, I, and I take this really, really seriously mm. when I see these videos being shared every year mm. of dogs panicking and no medication in place or, or no other measures in place. And uh, it freaks me out, to be perfectly honest yeah, with you, yeah, because I see an animal that is, you know, is incredibly, incredibly distressed. Mm. And and again, if that, that if this was a video of a dog showing the same, you know, showing a similar level of, of physical pain, 
there would be outcry. Yeah. There would be absolutely outcry, you know. Um, and the thing is, we know fireworks are coming. We know they're terrible. Mm. We know dogs have a terrible time with them. There's nothing we can do about that. But what we can do is we can look at talking to our vet about these medical contributors and treating those in time um, and talking to our vet about proper remedies where there's an evidence-based basis to, to, to actually help our dogs yeah. uh, and feel, you know, cope better with these situations. Mm. Um, and that's what we need to be doing, really. Yeah. Well, so that they're, they're the more serious cases uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, basically do not delay, go and get some help immediately for, for, for these mm-hmm. dogs. But for the ones that are showing, like you said earlier, that are maybe coping with it a little bit better. But as we mm-hmm. spoke earlier about in the conversation, that this could easily be just what they're doing this year. Next year could be worse. Yeah. And the following could be worse. Okay, so what what maybe are some examples of, say, setups that could help a dog in um, in these kind of situations? And maybe what skills should the, the pet owners now try and develop so that they can help their dogs navigate these periods better to avoid getting to that stage where they'll have to go right yeah so the things that i tend to to say that are some of the first stuff i tend to say is is i tend to say have a plan right Mm. we need to have a plan for what's going to happen um you know this over this night this evening that sort of thing right so Mm. so that needs to be in place first we need to to kind of immediately plan and and that means that we're starting to consider this or think about halloween night or the nights are coming up to that uh, or even after it we're we're beginning to think about that um before well in advance as 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 in advance as we possibly can Mm. so setting up the first thing that i'll tend to advise people to do is to set up a bunker Yes. for your dog so a place where um they like to go it might be a place that they already like to go maybe yeah. they already have you know a spot that they tend to go to maybe mm. they're already hiding from noises in those places and then i'll say well how can we make that more comfortable for them how can we make that more sound insulated how can we make that a nicer place for them to go mm. and uh, we'll set that up nice and early and then we'll start to make sure that they have lots of nice things there so not not lots of nice things happen there so we hide treats there in their bedding we give them puzzles there we give them chews we get their you know their favorite toys their squeaky balls or whatever it is they're they love we get those there (laughs) so that's the first thing and we want to do that in advance if we only do any of these things when they're already scared Mm. those things can become part of the scary picture so the bunker can actually become infected if you like by fireworks Mm. and the dog can become very you know well, they won't be relaxing there anyway, no. put it that way. <laughs> um, they will not be enjoying that. And the next thing I say to people is stock up on your dog's absolute favourites. And I don't mean the hard biscuit that they sometimes like, you know, in the kitchen when all else is gone. I mean, meat, cheese, patties, you know, yogurts, all of the most amazing things, the things that, you know, you might not fit, you want to be feeding every day, yeah. right? So, the, the, you know, not necessarily balanced diet. Who wants balanced diet, right? That <laughs> stuff is boring and healthy. We want the really good stuff, right? Uh, and also stock up on their absolute favorite toys. So the really squeaky toys, you know, noisy things. So again, we have some sort of masking of those sounds and some yeah. sort of offsetting of those sounds. Things that we can really get engaged with, like marrow bones or uh, really, you know, really... D- delicious um stuffed toys or chews and of course this is going to be individual to, to each of dog course, isn't yeah. it you know in general we say meaty things are what dogs like but yeah. there'll be some dogs that will love other un- unusual things you know <laughs> um and uh, and that's sort of stuff so you know you you know your dog so mm. so get the absolute most amazing stock up with those now we're not you know we're not messing around here. It absolutely has to be the best of the best in your arsenal that you could possibly have. Um, and then we, you know, we're going to start talking about the the kind of the the you know the night itself. What do we need to be doing or not doing? Indeed. Yeah. And one of the things that we, you know, we've already spoken to our vet. We already have uh, medication in place if that's the case. Uh, that that that's you know suitable for your dog. Um, and then we need to think about well, what should we be doing with our dog. So I like to have a party after every big bang. So I might tr- throw treats i might um you know and kind of make sure they make noise on the floor for example Mm. i might break out the squeaky balls or whatever it is that they you know that they're really into make that happen so we have a party for every bang basically we're going to talk about you know obviously doing things like closing windows closing curtains quite early so you know that we just start to insulate sound 
in the, the weeks coming up to the start of fireworks, start to increase the volume of your TV, radio, yeah. those sorts of things. Because, um, you know, if we don't, again, if we only do it when the scary stuff is happening, well, then the dog is going, well, this is weird. There mm. must be something scary about to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you were talking about some great sound masking tools, mm. um, you know, because you know about this sort of stuff. So maybe you <laughs> could tell people what they need to do. Works for that. noisy neighbours as well. Um, as, right. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, there's lot, there's lots of free stuff. I mean, um, the most common ones people would be familiar with, especially if you've had um, a baby um, at some stage mm-hmm. as well. I'm sure you've experimented with the likes of white noise, pink noise, um, mm. brown noise. Brown noise, I think is the thing, yeah. Yeah, um, there's actually, a lot of people don't know this, um, but the, in, mm. on the iPhone, there is actually, if you swipe up from the bottom, there is, there is um, a function that you can actually select those um sounds just on your phone as well for free just in case there's any people out there with iphones now you can actually do that and um and select those sounds and play them for free it's inbuilt in the phone but you can get free really cool free apps and one um that i was saying to you earlier on called atmosphere Mm. is is free you Mm -hmm. can pay for it to get rid of the ads but it works totally uh, you can use all the functions um on it um and for free without paying for it but basically you can build a specific sound by layering um, multiple sounds together. So you might have a fan noise in the background and you might add in some white noise and you can you can get really geeky with it if you wanted to and adjust the <laughs> levels of it on the individual things. What I mean is like you can, you could probably find the right sound because it's all very individual for the person and the dog depending yeah. on what you're trying to do. But definitely those apps are good to experiment with. But I would say obviously playing them through your phone speaker or your laptop speaker or even some TV speakers, you're not going to get the same range in, in, in the, in the sound that you, that mm-hmm. you would get. Um, if you're, if you're mimicking something like, you know, we were saying about the fireworks CDs and things like that, they tend not to really work yeah. because of that. It's yeah. a totally different dogs can hear. It's, um, mm. such a, a wider range of uh, frequencies than, than, than our human ear. So they're, they're going to know the difference between real and not. But if you hook mm-hmm. these things up to a decent speaker, um, for example, with some good low end, you might be able to. Um, mask or even replicate certain sounds if you're trying to, mm-hmm. to to help a dog with it. So you've got that option. And then a lot of people might have already bought a white noise machine um, if they've had a baby, something that they could leave plugged in and play safely in the room rather than having to leave a phone yeah. in there overnight as well. And yeah, some of yeah. these are really, really good. Um, there's really good ones for like between 100 and 200 euros that you'll actually, they'll come with an inbuilt speaker that you can plug in and literally press go and they'll just play on a loop forever um, and if you have them in, in, in the, the area where the noise is coming in through a door or a window mm-hmm. um, and you have it up loud enough um, um, depending on what sound it is uh, you can pick a sound that hopefully will actually wash away a lot of that sound coming in to where you live and um, so it's it, it's certainly it, it might work it's certainly worth a try for sure to help and see um around that time of year and like i said don't just do it the week off <laughs> start doing yes. it way before because <laughs> the dog will be like what the hell is going on here but um, yeah yeah why are they playing this weird noise <laughs> yeah like it certainly works for if you're if you've got a window open in the summer and there's you know i don't know you know kids playing out in the, out in the street and you're trying to go to, to bed early whatever if you put it on the windowsill beside that window and you pick the right frequency of, of sound whether it's white or pink noise or a combination of something and it's loud enough it will mask a lot of it um mm-hmm. depending on the frequency and uh, like those high pitch frequencies so um it's certainly worth a try for for your dogs it works for for mine for certain noises when the door is open mm-hmm. it certainly works so i can from from my own experience definitely maggie doesn't hear so much outside when i have the door open and if there's other dogs running by uh, trying to annoy her she doesn't even hear them she just she's out, <laughs> out, out cold so from my own experience Fantastic. it seems to work so it's worth it's certainly worth a try well, I've just downloaded that app and yeah. I'm going to recommend it to all my clients. Yeah, it works well. great for the people as so well. So they're going to suddenly, um, you know, have a huge explosion of like people um, <laughs> wanting to uh, to download this app. It'll probably crash and all those probably, sorts of things now. Yeah, but it, yeah, it's cool yeah. because you have sounds like, you know, the, um, 
what it sounds like in the cabin of a of an airplane or of a in oh, a train sound because it's obviously some some yeah. people find find certain noises comforting it could come from their childhood or, or whatever it is you know uh, I think I referred to on a, on a previous podcast but I know somebody who likes to go to sleep to the sound of a hairdryer and actually right. yeah. likes a real hairdryer <laughs> going wow. which is not so it's the like a fire hazard thing. if yeah. you were to go to sleep yeah, yeah but yeah, it's yeah. like instant that's comfort right. you know and, and goes to sleep so you can choose different types of fans like i said the, the normal brown white um pink pink noises mm-hmm. um rain thunderstorms everybody finds different things comforting and relaxing yeah. so you can literally pick whatever you want or or um, mix them all together and make your own mm-hmm. sound and then to save it and then when you open the app again that your settings are there again so it's definitely worth a try brilliant oh yeah no that's fantastic no that's great advice um you know to to, to kind of have something to mask and i know some people have used things like um running their dryer yeah uh, and so, some people will even during thunder they'll put like a pair of runners into the dryer so it makes <laughs> thudding yeah, I mean, sound but that's really creative um, like yeah 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 yeah, yeah just to uh, try and help I, I guess it's a, a far more sustainable and better environmental <laughs> yeah, practice to use it try and do that now this year double the, yeah, double yeah, the cost exactly. electricity the cost bill. of it yeah yeah yeah, mm. yeah it'll become a very expensive thing to do yeah uh, particularly as we come into the winter again you know yeah um yeah <laughs> yeah so so definitely that sort of stuff is and like you say we need to be doing that and practicing that before it actually happens not only because your dog will think it's weird but also let's see what sounds they prefer right yeah exactly so you know yeah because we don't want them to become upset by some other sound that we've introduced definitely there could be some stuff there for sure that that might yeah stress them out or or something like that as well so yeah i'll be watching for that Yeah. yeah And then, so the other things that we say about is to have a plan for the night. So Mm. who's going to be with the dog? Who's Mm. going to mind the dog? Who's going to answer the door? Can we make sure that there's a closed, a secured door between exits, you know, and your dog Mm. so that that, that there's kind of an airlock effect? Dogs don't really want to go to bonfires. They don't want to go to parties. (laughs) They don't want to go to fireworks things. And they can be really freaked out by Mm. people in costume, particularly children. Mm. So it's, you know, really you know, it's probably better to have dogs away from this sort of stuff. And, mm. and we will tend to say, you know, don't dress your dog up. The oh, no. vast majority of yeah. dogs <laughs> find that uncomfortable. And the photographs you see are dogs that are look looking incredibly uncomfortable. On top of everything else, everything mm. else around Halloween is stressful. Yeah, I'm terrified. Fireworks and these things. I'm dressed yeah, up exactly. as Yoda. Yeah. Great. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And now I have a costume <laughs> on me as well. That's like the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Um, so, you know, so I would say... I, I know I always sound like such a party, party pooper, uh, but your dog probably doesn't want to really be involved with that. No, of course and, not. No. You know, it's just it's just a lot. It's just all too yeah. much for them. And the thing, of course, to bear in mind is, is that when there's all of these noises going, even if your dog doesn't have these, you know, really much more serious uh, concerning responses, that still raises the background level of stress mm. because there's a level of stimulation that the brain has to deal with. Mm. And that means they might be less tolerant and a little bit shorter with people and kids and other dogs and, and things like that. So they just need more space and more supervision and more time. And of course, comfort your dog. If your dog seeks contact, seeks comfort, comfort them. Of course. You're not going to make it worse by, uh, you know, comforting them or anything like that. No. They need your support. Mm. They need that comfort. And of course, we're not just talking about fireworks. It's just that this is the time of year yeah. when we talk about that. So this is relevant to other sounds as well. Mm. And anything um, that they're experiencing that's causing them yeah. to react that way. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And one of the things that I like to do is is to really get going with some good scent-based pu- pu- puzzles. Mm. So I'll use things like, you know, um, what are those balls? You know, like the ball pit balls in a box oh, yeah. or in a ball pit indeed, if you have the space <laughs> um, and hide treats and, and things like that and that. Mm. And when it's quiet, so when there are no scary noises or when you can adequately mask them, play those ball pit sniffing games because the, there's kind of a noise surround yeah. you know using those or even like plastic bottles in a box like that mm. with treats amongst them or whatever or tennis balls or whatever it is anything that makes a kind of a noise but also that sniffing and them really concentrating on this sort of work can kind of keep their brain just focused on that rather than what's going on around them and mm. if we do this enough when it's quiet these can kind of become safety signals 
Mm. So they can signal to them the absence of you don't need the panic response, yeah. you don't need the stress response um, at these times. Plus, it's an activity that helps to reduce that anyway. Yeah. So it's kind of winning on several levels. Yeah. So if we can start to establish that now before all of the craziness kicks off, yeah. um, that you know that can be really helpful too. Definitely. Yeah, I can. I can. I can. <laughs> Some people, there's um, we we would recommend certain things that you'd have around the house, obviously, for the yeah. puppy raisers because it's it's expensive to buy toys and stuff like that. But there's a lot oh, of stuff yeah. that's around that is just good, and the old plastic bottles and stuff like that. It's oh, a ne- yeah. never ending fun for puppies. Absolutely, but it's so funny. Yeah. Some people are just like, oh, I can't. It's so noisy, and I'm like, <laughs> I know it is. It's, it is very noisy. It's very noisy, yeah, but yeah. they're having the best crack with that. Like you know, yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> and it doesn't last Crunching forever. It and so sliding it across the floor yeah, banging it everything. into things yeah no they're great fun yeah. and of course any of those noises that the puppy makes or, or dog makes themselves those are noises that often those dogs aren't going to be uncomfortable with but no. that can help to mask those other sounds yeah, exactly. um, as well as them having you know access to some positive stress as well yeah and it, we were saying before like it sounds that they can't identify what's making yeah. that particular sound yes. is way scarier yeah um, of course I had a puppy there recently that uh, unfortunately the, the house across the road from them has a, a big huge hedge um, and they have a dog that likes to greet everybody that, that walks by oh, shall we say um, so yes. this puppy brand new to the street um, we were doing the usual just very slow introductions to the outside world and this one morning came to the end of the, the driveway and the, the, the hedge appeared to be barking oh, at her you know right. A scary hedge. and the hedge was like this is big um very very yes. big house very big front garden so this really looked terrifying and this the, the puppy was just like nope and straight back into the house um yeah. but interestingly i was now by the time that the puppy raiser kind of said it to me they they, they had actually then copped that there was a dog on the other side yeah. within a couple of days and they were like oh yeah and then literally it was just like, oh, it's cool. That's what was making the noise. That's fine. Uh, I'm, I'm yeah. happy to walk by, thankfully. Cool. Yeah, yeah no, that's definitely better. But you can see yeah, how that would could easily yeah, happen for sure. Of course. Yeah. yeah, of course. And especially when he's no other experience of that place. So it's a totally yeah. new environment as well. Yeah. You know, this could be a very scary monster that's hiding out in this hedge. It really just <laughs> looked like hedge. a barking yeah. hedge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 gosh, terrifying. And of course, the um, dog was having great crack because it, it, it runs to the hedge, it bark, bark, barks, and people are just right, walking by. So it's thinking, that's yeah. my job done great until the next person yeah, comes along. Yeah, them all away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, until this poor puppy has come. Yeah. I've scared him away yeah, as well. You know. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, interesting. Exactly. But I, I would say that to the, the raisers too, like if they do, especially with puppies, um, if they're into experiencing all these kind of new things, um, whether it's a digger or a bin lorry or whatever, at, uh, preferably at a distance. And if they stop yeah. and they're, they want to look and take take in that information, it's really important that you, that you yeah. do. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, because uh, I think a lot of people uh, don't. They're, they're out for their walk and they want to get the walk mm-hmm. done and puppies maybe needing to observe and all of a sudden, no, we're, we're getting pulled away from this thing yeah. that makes it extra yeah. scary as well. Exactly. Yeah, let them take some time. But you need to be careful with that as well because sometimes the longer they can stay there, then they can start to oh, build yeah, up to a kind of a, definitely. you know, and have a response <laughs> yeah. then and, yeah. and then we have to get them out of there and they're going, oh, well, I need to bark and, yeah. you know... It, jump around and things like that to get that distance. And one of the other things that you can do, particularly with puppies, it's probably more effective with puppies or young dogs, is that, you know, if you, on a good, nice long line where it's safe to do this, obviously where you're good, nice long line, mm. let your puppy stay where they are and observe that and support them for a couple of minutes and be like, it's okay, dude, let's just hang out and watch yeah. this. But then what you can actually do is you can go over to the thing uh, again oh, all, yeah. only if it's safe and you can start to interact with it so you don't actually t- call your puppy or your dog over to you you actually just interact with the thing and be like oh there's a nice yeah. rock or whatever it's it is. a cool thing oh, to good do rock and yeah. <laughs> yeah and that kind of calm social modeling and sometimes seeing you interacting with it can 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 encourage them Definitely. to start to investigate it and of course if they investigate it and get more information about it then it becomes less scary yeah so that can kind of help them with that too mm, yeah you know something that was once terrifying oh, yeah <laughs> uh, yeah a, can be there used to be a weird concrete sheep outside um butchers and i think it was in solorgan shopping center i don't think it's there anymore yeah. but that, that was quite a common one for the for for yeah. the pups years ago and uh yeah it wasn't until they 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 would maybe 
get the, the you know the um the guts up to go and have a sniff yes. and then they'd be like oh yeah oh yeah that's just that it's just well i, I will just give out about guide dogs but do you remember when you guys used to have <laughs> those dogs the fa- the guide oh, dog yeah. collection yeah, we boxes. spoke about this before yeah they, oh my god yeah they have traumatized so many dogs i know in their time. yeah yeah they're still going yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the same iconic thing. dogs suddenly starting towards them. and like for years dogs repeatedly will have difficulties with them um yeah yeah they, they don't like those dogs no and it's all. true and people say to us oh you know um your dogs like uh, my dog always suffer with fireworks but your guys are uh, well able for it and they never seem to react and stuff like that and of course we would have much lower instances but we we do we actually yeah. did have one um and a guide dog had to be retired early um yeah. because of it and it certainly was getting worse and she i was her supervisor as a puppy and i remember thinking way back God, I, I don't remember any of that. And, and she was raised in an area that would there would have been definitely fireworks. Um, and I've looked back at it myself and trying to think, you know, she was she never showed really any signs that I was aware of or the, or the puppy raiser at all. But it certainly got worse with with age. I think she was yeah. five or so. And actually, the, I, I, I contacted you about it and you said that was when I understood it for the first time that it actually is something that um can certainly get worse with age that yeah, was really interesting to, yeah yeah and and like that it kind of builds over time and that's probably got to do with how the brain processes stress and yeah. deals with stress you know that that uh, that just areas of the brain like the hippocampus and that that look after fear memory and that kind of thing mm. um that that can certainly um you know, just over time become more sensitive. The more stress the brain is exposed to, the more sensitive it becomes to stress. So, mm. um, so, so that can certainly happen um, with yeah. those things. And that, that might explain a lot of why these dogs show this, um, show this response getting bigger and bigger over time. Yeah. Um, yeah, that certainly could be, could be a part of it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And we don't, and obviously lucky to be able to control an awful lot of what happens with these puppies, uh, you know, mm-hmm. in, in crucial stages and stuff as much as we, yeah. we can. Um, but also there are different breeds, maybe that's that we're using yeah. and to what we were just discussing earlier too, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah. um, they, we can't really say, oh, it's, you know, um, doing this and this and this um, with every single puppy means that they probably won't react. We, we still do see um, we have had instances of um, yeah sound sensitivities for sure, and yeah. you would see it in puppies actually quite early if they were sensitive to uh, to sound, and it's something then that at least you can try and help them with going forward. But um, that yeah. that's in yeah. what a nearly ten years with guide dogs now, and I think that's the the only one that I know of anyway yeah. that was with withdrawn after going out to to, to work. Um, but yeah, there's lots of different factors. We don't use shepherds or anything anymore, really, either. Right, so okay. I'm so, I, I would imagine there would have been more instances of that with them and crosses of them. Yeah, probably. Yeah, possibly. Indeed. Yes, it's definitely likely. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And it, like, again, we still don't fully understand it. We still don't have a full understanding of this, despite it being very commonly um you know discussed and, and lots of dogs are are, are reported to yeah, show it. Yeah, it's amazing, and, really, and how little we Yeah. Know. Um, you know, so but we still we still don't have that. And I would say that once we're seeing those more kind of concerning manifestations of this um, behavioral response, those ones are really difficult to deal with long term. Hmm. Um, and I don't know that we always get, um, you know, the desirable outcome at the end of those that, that generally were we're medicating those dogs. We're putting a lot of work in every year or, you know, or, or you know around the time when whatever the noises are cause them difficulties mm. and and things like that and i will have a lot of clients who just resort to bringing their dogs away yeah uh for this period mm-hmm. and you know when it gets really bad and going away somewhere quiet or maybe their dog goes to a border or stays with a minder that's mm. um you know in a quieter area and isn't going to be um you know as affected so that you know mm. that might also be it seems it's pretty drastic but it might also be yeah, yeah. Um, i mean you're willing you know, to do anything uh, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it. Exactly. We we want to, to 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 manage it as best as we possibly can. Make sure that this dog, you know, gets as much relief as possible. I suppose. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that might be that might be what's what a lot. Of, well, it's not. It is what a lot of clients do. It's, it's what a lot of pet owners do as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So severe it is, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, uh, more so. Well, um, mm-hmm. that was pretty comprehensive. 
I think. Yeah, I feel that was definitely an in-depth one. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of uh, soapboxes were up on there. No, no, it's good. It's really, really good. I just find it interesting. I always learn something from from uh, talking to you and listening to you. And I know all the guys do uh, that listen to you too. Yeah, no pressure. I'm good. <laughs> Thanks. No, um, no, no pressure at all. No, but it's cool. I think it's, again, you know, making people more aware of um, these things and giving them more tools to be able to help their dogs earlier and earlier is the, the, the goal. But um, if you're not Absolutely. sure, ask yeah. for help. Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Even if you're going, oh, I'm not sure if my dog is one of the, you know, fits into that more yeah. concerning category. Well, you know, seek help, ask questions, describe yeah. what the dog is doing, know what the dog is doing, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and definitely we'll be able to tell you one way or the other. <laughs> for 100%. sure. Yeah. 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 Okay, well, go for it. Thank you again. Okay, have a good one. You too. I'll talk to you again soon. (laughs) See you soon. Bye. Bye. If you enjoy the show, remember to please subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review, and recommend it to your friends and family to help us reach and help more people and their dogs. Also, please give us a follow on Twitter at BarksidePod and also on Instagram at BarksidePod to help grow our online community. Look after yourselves and your doggies. Thanks again for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you here again real, real soon.